Welcome to the Marketing Automation Discussion. Here's your host, my dad. Welcome back to the Marketing Automation Discussion. I'm your host, Alex Glenn, and today is another episode of what we call the Mastermind Discussion. If you haven't listened to the previous Mastermind Discussions, go check them out. The way it works is I will crowdsource a topic from either our private Slack group or one of our private Facebook groups, and I will pick sometimes four extra experts to help me ensure that I deliver the best possible discussion around that topic. And the topic is uh, typically a very big pain point that we hear often. With this in particular mastermind, we did it a little bit differently. I recruited two of my favorite people, two of the best experts out there in B2B marketing and marketing automation. And what we did is we each created a list of our top three questions that we get most often around CRM and marketing automation and how those relate and what exactly is the best timing and what are the differences, et cetera, et cetera. We pushed these questions out as a poll in one of our groups and we received the top four questions that everybody wanted answered. And that is what we're going to discuss today. My co-host for this discussion, first and foremost, Mark Colgan, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, I'm Mark Colgan, and I run uh, Yellowo, which is a B2B SaaS consultancy helping B2B businesses scale their revenue. Um, I also work at Automated and head up the Stack Services, where we run projects for building and optimizing tech stacks for businesses across the world. Great. And uh, our friend all the way from Belgium, Ricardo. Man, I didn't rehearse mine. <laughs> I have no idea if you have that written down or you just pitched that so many times. <laughs> I'm Ricardo Hukir, which is a very difficult uh, last name as of a Belgian guy but uh, happy to share that with the world. And I run Sasmic basically, uh, which, which was previously fast forward online, but we switched and just as we discussed about CRM systems today, uh, picking a niche, we also picked a niche, which was B2B SaaS companies, working with most of the time self-service and transactional companies to scale their revenue basically. Uh, we do this with full funnel marketing, which we don't only look at your acquisition, but we actually look at your full funnel to increase revenue. Simple as that. Love it. And I'm Alex. <laughs> Alex needs no introduction. All right, guys, I'm excited to dig in. And the way this is going to work is each of us will ask the other two the questions that we had that were voted the most. And uh, then the other two will go ahead and give their answers. So let's start with Ricardo. Ricardo, why don't you introduce the first question? So exactly two weeks ago, I was introduced former CEO or former founder that was starting a new business. And there were about three people uh, starting a business that said, well, we're kind of looking into CRMs and it kind of seems that Salesforce is the way to go. So there were three people looking into Salesforce, basically. And the question I got is, okay, we're looking at Salesforce, but before we go ahead with Salesforce, which already sounded a little strange to me because there were just three people starting off, um, was a question that, what questions should I be asking myself before actually picking a CRM? Which was actually a very interesting question too. I think a lot of founders or marketers are really struggling with that. 
okay, what questions should we actually be asking ourselves before we make the big choice? Because once you pick it, it you know, it's hard to get back from that uh, decision, basically. And of course, you can find some really cool answers on Wikipedia. Typical answers you will have, okay, you kind of have to look at price. You need to see if you are a Google user or an Outlook user. Um, what's the data that you want to put in the number of seats uh, or integrations that you will have to have? What questions should people ask themselves before picking a CRM? Yeah, and I'll go ahead and answer that in my own best way. And I think this is important. I think it's the most important, obviously, early on because the CRM, like you said, it can be so disastrously expensive if you do have to rip it out later on, especially after you've done the integrations and, and gone through the full customization. So um, the way I'll answer this is more higher level. So like a good question that I like to ask and look at, at least consult with someone who's done this research, is the CRM the best for my industry? So CRMs all have a heritage. They all have a future. Their heritage is what makes them worse for some verticals, but better for others. A good example of this is Copper CRM. They have a very large client base and a very, very large round of funding that requires them to make certain product level decisions to cater to the largest clients in those verticals, uh, which makes them an amazing tool for those verticals. Not to say that they're not bad for other verticals or other industries, but they are very good for consulting real estate professional services. And they've chosen certain integrations to double down on and create really tight knit integrations with third parties based on the needs of the largest clients in those verticals. So asking yourself, is this CRM right for my industry is a very, very good question. And the last thing I'd mentioned before handing it off to Mark is the two-sided marketplaces out there. This creates a nuance with CRM. If you have a two-sided marketplace with two prospects, two pipelines, uh, CRMs all have different answers for this. If you talk to HubSpot, uh, they have two different instances that you'll have to use meaning two totally separate accounts that you have to switch between. I've used Copper and HubSpot simultaneously for two-sided marketplaces before. Salesforce has a really great solution, but obviously the price point is preventative for a lot of people. But the biggest thing is really knowing as a two-sided marketplace, is your contact and your account on one side of the marketplace going to have to be associated with the contact, the prospect, the lead on the other side of the marketplace. So perfect example of this is if you have a recruiting platform where you have clients that need to be associated with candidates, you need to connect those two in the UI at some point. And you have separate people prospecting for candidates than you do clients. And if you have a system that's bifurcated, meaning those two are separate in two different dashboards, it can create a, a lack of visibility and a lack of knowledge on what's happening with relation to accounts and clients or buyers and sellers in your CRM, which can cause problems. So if you are a two-sided marketplace, definitely be careful which CRM you end up choosing. Great, great question. Very thorough there. I think just to add uh, probably three points on, on top of those there, and these are the questions that I find myself asking out aloud when I'm, I'm speaking to, to customers of mine, that the first one is really around the processes and, and, and what processes have already been documented within the business. 
if it's a very early stage, sometimes the answer is that, well, we don't really have a process or, or we, we haven't documented that actual process of the sales for the pipeline opportunities, for example. Um, most of the time there is a process. It just hasn't actually been um, focused on as a separate piece of work. So once you understand what your overall processes are and how you'll be using the CRM, then then you can start to understand what features and requirements you need to look for in your CRM. The, the second point uh, and the second question that I, I tend to ask is how how complex are your, your product offerings? So if you are a manufacturing company, for example, and you have to deal with stock and, and levels of stock, what you have in the warehouse versus what you have uh, the distributors and what you have out uh, on delivery. Um, if you're a company that sells products that have variations, um, it could be different colors, it could be different sizes. Um, again, the the CRM that you have tying into to that system will then depend on how complex your, your products are. Uh, sorry, how complex the, the products are within within the CRM. Because ultimately, you want to try and get a single uh, point of view of, of a customer. Um, so you really need to have that information in there so you can identify upselling and cross-selling opportunities. The final question is around what type of business model do you have? Uh, especially if you're a SaaS business, which has recurring billing, um, and it's a self-service business. So you may have your billing managed by Recurly or one of the other softwares out there. So how is that going to integrate with your CRM? And how do you identify the difference between somebody who has um, been on your blog, consumed some content, started a demo account, and then they've gone off and, and um, somebody else within their business has signed up uh, and self-serviced? So there's two people from the same business who effectively need to be in the same account. And you really need a CRM that can handle uh, that complexity all right to wrap up a little bit like the what mark said and also what alex said is first of all is also to just have a look at the niche you are in and also see which niche that uh crm is focused on which i think is also like a big mistake most crm companies already make is that they try to please everybody but in not instead they should be focusing on a certain niche so first of all, I would say niche picking is really important to understand which niche that Instagram is focused on. Second, I think, which I heard both from Mark and Alex is uh, basically starting with the end in mind, starting with, okay, what do I want to achieve and work my way backwards towards what integrations do I want to have and how complex should it be? And also basically saying, okay, what kind of business model am I in? If I'm in a self-service SaaS, I need Recurly, I need all that kind of fancy stuff that does it automatically for me. If I'm more into the enterprise models, um, well, I'll need a separate, you know, tool stack and integrations to, you know, keep myself informed of what's happening in my business. So heading over to the second question, it's actually a question which I had during that chat, because um, uh, during my chat of the question that we just answered about, like what question should we be asking when we pick a CRM system is okay, but, You've talked about like CRM systems and now you're talking about marketing automation. Aren't those like the same thing? And I said, well, not really. <laughs> a CRM and a marketing automation is, is not kind of the same thing. They could be integrated. It could be like the same thing. Uh, but most of the cases, they're separate tools. Um, so basically the question is like, should you have your CRM and your marketing system in one app or should I have separate systems uh, running like next to each other, basically? And if you would look at Wikipedia, for example, you would say, okay, a CRM system, that's just for lead tracking. 
meet lead management, see what's happening in my pipeline. And marketing automation would say uh, rule-based customer prospecting messaging. If this happens, or for example, with us, if you are in our uh, marketing automation system and you go to work with us page, you get a tag saying work with us and you get an automated email saying, hey, notice you were on our page. I uh, wanted to see if uh, there was any questions I could help you answer. Um, but yeah, Alex, what's your, what's your take on this? What's, what's for you the difference between CRM and marketing automation? And should it be one app or should it be separate? Yeah, so if we look at the first part of that question, the difference between the two, I think that general answer is, is, is good. I mean, um, marketing automation is really software that triggers internal alerts, updates your CRM, and messages anyone in any of your funnels. So that could be customers, partnerships, prospects, uh, even recruits. Um, CRM is more pipeline and pipeline value focused. It's a tool that allows you to track the prospects through the pipeline to close. It can trigger marketing automation and internal tasks, and it should, but it's really a, a dashboard and a, uh, an organizational tool for your sales team to track prospects through the pipeline. Now, the second part of that answer, should I have them both or in one app? A short answer is you should have them both, I believe. I haven't seen an all-in-one solution with a robust enough CRM for a sales system to really use it for a sales system, although that's changing rapidly. The other part of that is, is not just whether or not your tool can solve for both, but you will change your CRM or your marketing automation system at some point in your business life cycle. So having them in an all-in-one solution can create some, some limitations. Again, going back to the first question that we answered, if you are going to be a small team and you're going to be a DIY type of uh, individual in your company, then an all-in-one solution may be a good option for you. And then you just look at how big of a sales process you need to track and what that all-in-one solutions pipeline management system looks like and then make those decisions. But for general audiences, for most of you out there, if you're listening, I would definitely suggest having marketing automation stand alone. And that allows you a lot more flexibility to scale the business and to make sure you have the best tech stack working for your operations. Yeah. And, and I completely agree on, on the points there. And I think this really comes into its own when you, um, you're you able to have the visibility in the CRM from your marketing automation platform. So, for example, marketing uh, HubSpot's marketing platform has an incredible module within Salesforce that sits within the contact record so that the context of the interactions with that, bus with that business or that person isn't lost. Um, but more reasons as to why you want to, to keep them separate is mainly because leads and your prospects have very different needs and require very different actions than your customers or your partners do. Um, so a lot of the time I'm advising companies to keep their leads and prospects and a prospect being somebody that there isn't an open opportunity against within their marketing automation system and only keeping contacts and customers within the CRM. And it makes things like upselling and cross-selling a lot easier. It helps you manage the, the funnel when it comes to marketing automation if you're only dealing with your leads and prospects. And what, what's really key about this, it certainly helps with the sales and marketing alignment because you are really, really agreed 
on what consists of a, an opportunity or of a, of a customer um, that, that's like, the, um, sorry, an opportunity with a customer. So it really brings sales and marketing together. And I think that's the trend that we're seeing. It's been said in the market for years that it needs to be aligned. But I believe now we're becoming more and more so. Yet yeah, there's, there's still challenges with, with that. And one last point on that was when you look at the, the, the popularity of account-based marketing software platforms out there giving us the opportunity to perform account-based marketing campaigns and demand generation campaigns, it makes sense to keep those, that data separately when they're prospects versus customers. All right, perfect. So basically to wrap it up like very shortly, um, I, I hear a lot like keep them separate because uh, I think the best quote unquote on Mark is like leads and prospects have different needs uh, and that's why you have to treat them differently. Uh, and it kind of helps into aligning sales and marketing to keep, you know, uh, consistent of what an opportunity is and what is not an opportunity. So um, one question that uh, I'm often asked is um, how or what is the simplest way to add attribution data to CRMs? And this really comes from a point of view of there being so many channels out there, um, so many strategies to try, um, so many tactics to, to try and you. You read blogs and you um, come across case studies where one particular tactic has worked. So I'm interested to, to find out from, from you two is what is the simplest way to add attribution data to your CRM? Typically, you'll find on wikis and in, in the answers of, from Quora that UTM, uh, custom fields, and uh, tagging uh, are quite popular options. But what do you think? I'll take a stab at this. Like you mentioned, Mark, UTM fields are probably what most people listening will either have already set up and know a little bit about. But that's the first thing that you can do is provide your CRM with hidden fields that are for campaign data, medium data, source data, and uh, send that back into your CRM in a hidden field. And hidden fields, if you don't know what that is, you have a form on your site that has, you know, first name, last name, email, you can choose with most CRMs that allow you to do this, pass hidden fields back into the CRM and those hidden fields can be UTM based. So that would be the first option there. That is a great option. Integrations with third parties. Ricardo, you're mentioning a, a few third parties that you can use like Clearbit to go and enrich that data. So these third parties can tell you a little bit more about attributes that a UTM may not be able to tell you, especially if they give you a company email, you can enrich that data and pass it back to your CRM via a third party. So the two there are uh, UTMs and third party integrations and Ricardo will go into a little more detail on that. And then there is some custom API work that can be done if you need a little bit more, not just data, but um, UI. If your CRM doesn't really give you enough to go off of, you may need to get a little bit more custom. I would approach it first with UTM and if it doesn't give you enough, then go ahead and look at third parties. And if your CRM doesn't give you the hidden form fields option, then uh, look at third parties. Yeah, perfect. Thank you for uh, to answer that question. So I think I'll, I'll add a little bit. So I think one is you have, uh, you know, uh, one is attribution and the other one is like enrichment, I kind of feel. So you have UTM tagging or UTM builders to really make sure that you know where that lead is coming from, which is UTM builders, which are mostly used for. And to be honest, if I look at across clients or customers or prospects or whatever you want to call them um, that we've spoken to, 
is like having a basic Google Sheet with understanding like, okay, these are the UTMs that we're using. And this is how we're actually going to uh, report and understand where leads are coming from. That's already like one big asset that people are blown away from uh, like step one. And that's just really solved with one simple Google Sheet or you have fancy software. Uh, you actually have UTM software nowadays already uh, to make to keep track of all the UTMs that you're making. Uh, Google URL builder is one, but there's also some really fancy software out there already. Uh, and then one, the second one is really like uh, expanding. So one of a lead comes in and they just put in a name or an, e and an email with a company name and you can use ClickBit, which is really amazing software as well to enrich the data that comes. So basically you have the lead coming in and filling in the form and then you pass in the UTM tagging to your CRM system. Uh, but then from there, if the lead just fills in the name or the the company name, email address, you could enrich that data with Clearbit, for example. The only side note is always like, uh, these tools are really awesome, but they can cost, uh, <laughs> they can be costly as well <laughs> to start using Clearbit. Uh, I kind of looked at the plans of Clearbit as well. Uh, they're not for the average Joe, I always say. It's fun to work around with, but it's not for the average Joe. But if you're really into account-based marketing, you don't want to spill a lot of time like filling in tons of forms. I think it's a great piece of software to use. Um, so yeah, I think one is like the uh, data enrichment and the other one is really attribution and sending those UTMs straight to the straight to your CRM system. Uh, to give an example, for example, um, I always say leads don't always come through forms. Uh, a quick example is for us, we get a lot of hit-ups on LinkedIn, say, hey, what can you do for us? Um, well, the lead never filled in like a form. They never, they went to the website, but they didn't really leave their contact details. There's some great tools out there like an Albacross or a lead feeder uh, that can uh, actually identify the company that is on your website and understand, okay, well, that person or that company or that account that the sales have uh, are actually on my website. That's the data I need to send to my sales team. Um, but for example, for us, if a lead starts talking to us on LinkedIn, well, they never fill in the form. <laughs> we don't, we can't shoot that data to your CRM because they never fill in the form. So most of the time you're going to hack it or around it. So we, for example, have a Zapier button uh, that every single time a lead actually uh, asks us a question or talks about something that about our services, uh, we actually have a Zapier push button that just shoots all that data. So it pops up and asks us a couple of questions like deal size, what we spoke about, uh, what the channel was, all that kind of stuff. And we shoot that straight to our CRM system. So we can actually track that this lead actually came from the first contact came on this date, on this URL, this is what we talk about, and this is the value uh, that we expect to get from that prospect, basically. Great example, thank you for sharing that, Ricardo. So I think to, to wrap up this this section, uh, UTM uh, and custom form fields and, and hidden fields in the forms, um, and we can obviously share, or you can quite, there's quite a few UTM tracking uh, worksheets out there that you can use to create your own and track them. Uh, and then as Ricardo mentioned, is that enrichment element um, with tools like Clearbit, um, which are, as, as you say, quite expensive. But just to add, one, one of the things that I often, um, one of the first things that I work on with my clients is to add in lead source and then lead source info. And the reason we do that is we keep the lead source pretty broad. So it could be that the lead source is events. 
and they may run 12 events a year. Then within the lead source info, we say which event it was um, that they attended. And these are pretty much done with the hidden fields and forms. Then it allows us to understand that actually 60% of all of our leads from events came from the uh, B2B tech stack meet, uh, event in London. And because we have that granular level, we know and we can inform the, the marketing budget for the next year that we may want to uh, exhibit there again and we may want to spend a little bit more budget around that to generate even more interest for the future year. Awesome example there, Ricardo and, and Mark. I'd like to learn a little bit more about how you've set up that zap your push button, Ricardo. So we'll leave that for another call. I'll conclude here by asking the question that I get most often and that is when is a dedicated CRM necessary? What type of business model, what type of stack and budget, how many personnel are on your sales team? I'll determine when this is a, a necessary to have a dedicated CRM. In general, the wiki answers for this, uh, what you'll all know is, is timing is the factor. Of course, you may need the stack that you have this year for only this year, and then you're going to scale out of that quickly. So timing is important. Money is a factor for a lot of people. And then there's a lot going on in the ecosystem where the giants, the tools like Outreach.io, Zendesk, Drift, Intercom, they're all releasing more and more features that cover more and more aspects of prospect tracking and some of the stuff that a CRM does, even coming out with their own pipeline UIs. Um, so there's a lot of factors to consider and it's getting more convoluted than ever. So I'd like to ask first, Ricardo, uh, when is a dedicated CRM necessary? It's an awesome question. Uh, and I think I would say, as I always say, is that the same advice I give people when when should we hire this marketer? When should we hire this person? Is uh, probably when it starts to hurt. Uh, and it doesn't mean that you need to start uh, researching which CRM system you're going to be picking because we talked about like what questions should we be asking ourselves when picking a CRM system a little earlier. Um, but I think by then, by that, by the time that you know that it starts hurting, uh, that you need to understand where leads are coming from, what what they're doing. You have multiple salespeople talking to prospects that you want to control. Um, you should have by then already figured out which CRM system you should you are going to be picking, basically. So when it starts hurting, you should already know, okay, this is a CRM system that is going to work for my business. And the reason why I say my business is because, as you mentioned already, is like the CRM is going to, you know, depend on the type of business model. If you're more into a SaaS model, uh, you'll need to have the curly installed. If you're more into this, uh, you know, two-sided place, you'll have a CRM systems uh, that are really tailored to one of those. But I think to really answer the question, I would say you should be researching already based on the model and based on what you're going to uh, project already on like, what do I want to do and what do I want to achieve? And when it starts to hurt, start implementing it. Um, the only thing is that implementing software is great, but then I always say software is, um, is not always the solutions to your problems. <laughs> and most of the time where I see things go wrong is not because of uh, the CRM, uh, but it's actually because of the people that are using the CRM system. Uh, because eventually it's still something human, like software is like, could be a little bit like the solution to the problem. But eventually it's the people that use it and fill it in and make sure that it's up to date that is really going to see if 
the CRM system is really worth it. Because if I look at people using CRM system most of the time, you, I would say that they use it up to 30%. They pay for the fancy HubSpot software, but then eventually all they have is a sales pipeline and some uh, tracking in the emails, basically. And that's what they're paying tons of money for. So I think like really from the beginning, really understanding how a CRM system works, what you can do with it, uh, setting up some flows that you have a general understanding of how CRM systems work is, is as you should start as early as possible to really discover the possibilities and understand when you want to scale that. Um, but I'm going to leave Mark to really dive deep a little bit on, uh, on uh, the mechanics of this. Thanks, thanks, Ricardo, and and completely agree with uh, all of the all of the responses there. And and where I want to just go in a little bit deeper is about the challenge of introducing uh, a new system or or any new process uh, with an existing team. And it comes down to the fact that a new system or a new process equals change. And in general, we don't like change because we feel that we've lost control over our territory or or or, or the way that we do things. And um, this can lead to a reduction in the data ac accuracy whilst people learn how to use the new CRM. Um, for example, if you go from using an Excel or Google Sheet to a Salesforce, there's, there's so many different things that you have to do now as part of your process of just using the CRM and performing your job in the same way as before. Um, and you often find that people are reluctant to, to use it um, and they typically go back to their old way of working because that's what they're familiar with and comfortable with. So as much as it's important to ask the question of, of when is the right time, um, it's also important to ask, have we got the training ready? Are we going to onboard our team and our sales team and our marketing team who are going to be using the CRM day in, day out? Are they comfortable with it? And, and just really understanding that if they're not comfortable, it's not because they don't like the new CRM that you've chosen. It's more that it's a change and it's a change to their normal process. Yeah, I completely agree with that, to be honest. Like, uh, but it actually comes back to people, right? It doesn't come back to the CRM system. It really comes down to, okay, the people that are going to use the CRM system. And that's where the most, you know, hurdle would be into this question. Awesome, guys. Yeah, thank you both. I think that's a really great answer to, you know, when is a dedicated CRM necessary? And just to recap, uh, Ricardo, you mentioned, you know, you, you, you want to make sure you have someone on the team hired or, or hiring someone to manage the CRM and have someone dedicated there. You want to make sure you have the business model that requires the level of tracking of the sales system that the CRM will, will give you. Money is going to be a factor. So make sure that the management and business model uh, predicate that cost. So great tips there. And then Mark, you know, the challenges, data accuracy that you mentioned, all very good points. So thank you both. I think we nailed this discussion. I think we're under time. So um, I'll leave it back to either of you if you have anything that you would like to say that you didn't mention. I guess I guess I need to show you guys the Zapier push button now and then uh, <laughs> and then wrap it up and uh, let, let's see what uh, people think of the discussion. All right, guys, thank you again for taking the time. This has been wonderful, insightful. I'm very excited to publish this and get everyone's feedback. And for those of you listening, if you enjoy what you are listening to and what you've listened to, if you are a fan of the podcast, please leave us a review. Uh, send us an email with your thoughts and what you'd like to hear next. Team at automated.af. That's T-E-A-M at automated.af. 
and let us know what you think. We're happy to hear feedback. We want to hear feedback. The podcast is growing so quickly and there's so many things we could discuss. So we want to hear from you what you would like to know about and where your biggest pain points are. We can go ahead and tackle those. Thank you very much for being a fan. Much appreciated. We'll see you online. The marketing automation discussion.